Thinking Corners, a uh, part of the Box Lacrosse channel presented by Bardown Lacrosse. If you haven't checked out Bardown Lacrosse, our good friends over there are in the works of putting together some really awesome stuff for us. Our merch will be live on their site. We will have a whole, you know, a whole kind of portal on there for you to get into and pick up some Picking Corners merch. And we should also say they do some really top-notch NLL stuff, OJL stuff, MSL stuff, all across the board, whatever you could be looking for. Box lacrosse related, Bar Down Lacrosse is no doubt your outlet for that. So go check out GoBarDownLax.com for all your box lacrosse needs. We look forward to seeing all of that merchandise coming real soon, and we're going to give you guys teasers as soon as we do. But boys, we're doing um, we're doing kind of a roundtable episode today, um, checking in with the fellas, talking about Lax and I, talking about the international implications and everything going on with that. And then really just playing catch up on, I guess, all the latest news and happenings and everything going on. The two of you, I think, should start out and kind of give us a quick recap of your uh, of your BLL tournament experience. Cam, you were in the All-Star game. You played in the All-Star game. Um, that was a big box weekend out in Denver. And you guys, you were in the championship game, correct? Yeah, we made it to the championship against the Roughnecks, um, which, you know, is, is definitely... It's just, it's tough when you come in second, right? So, like, obviously a, a, a great feat to be, you know top two top three last year we took third this year we take second right so it's you know we're still moving in the right direction um the roughnecks are just a very physical experienced team um they've been playing together for a long time they play box year-round whereas you know here we play box in the summer kind of into the fall and then it's field the rest of the time right or you know maybe a little bit of box in the winter but it's different you know when you're coming from an area where you know, in Denver and in Colorado in general, they're playing box year round, right? Like where we played was where the mammoth practice. Um, it was a it was a pretty cool facility. I definitely had a good time being there. Um, you know, got to explore the city and and you know went out and uh, you know got to hang out with some of the boys and stuff outside of lacrosse, which was fun. Um, and and you know the play was was pretty good all around I, I was kind of surprised by some of the other teams and how far they had come even from the year before like Salt Lake City um, the Denver Grizzlies you know they were uh, definitely a lot better team as well um, and I think it's only going to continue to you know progress in terms of you know that competitive level um, and I, I think that all around I think this year the tournament was run a lot better um, having the the two fields was nice um, one was sport court one was turf but either way it was still you know good to have those two um ranks to to play on and you know again finishing second is kind of tough but uh overall that makes for a pretty successful season so uh it was good the all-star game was fun um I think it was a little dragged out at the end with like the um <laughs> different events they were doing because all like 40 guys were doing every event so it was really like you know at at one point I think we had made it through like th two or three events there was two or three more events left and Garrett, Al, and I were like, all right, you know, it's like nine o'clock. Like, we, we, I haven't even been to the hotel yet. Like, let's, can we like go back and, you know, regroup or whatever? So, uh, but the All Star game was really fun. It was a fun way to kick off the weekend and it really wasn't that serious. Um, you know, scored a goal. Um, so that was cool. Uh, Garrett, what, what do you think about your experience? I know you kind of came in and was more of a, an observer on Friday, but then obviously we're right in the thick of it on Saturday and Sunday. So, what did that look like for you? It was uh it was interesting. Um definitely before we were, like we're going, it was damn, we're gonna be playing at 
in Denver. So, you know, the whole thing about Denver is, oh, you're playing elevation, whatever. Um, I didn't think it was a big deal. Definitely, you know, you got to suck in wind after a while. So uh, some of the guys were tired, you know, a little bit more tired after you get some more runs. Um, but it, all, all in all, it was a fun weekend. Definitely a fun weekend. Fun to play other teams, actually, I will say that. Um, then kind of the same three or four you may be seeing every the entire season. And then all of a sudden you got some teams you've never seen in your life before. Um, so that part was fun. Um, good to see some of the other people that we saw. Uh, the little quick sticks things, those are actually kind of fun. So we will be doing more of those. If you want to be featured, hey, you know, hit us up. We always love people. Um, but yeah, shout out to the uh to the Roughnecks. Good win and good playing, you guys. So we'll see you next year. Yeah, I mean, it's always fun to come together and play some really top-tier competition, right? So, you know, yes. obviously you play the same teams multiple times in your own area, and, you know, it starts to become just a little bit redundant, not even mm -hmm. talking about, like, competition-wise, just, you know, you play the same three teams the whole season, and it's like, all right, well... Yeah, there's, there's only so much bit... they can throw at you. And there's right, only so right. much, you know, like, they, they start to team. understand how you play, you start to understand how they play, and, and you know, vice versa and whatnot, right? So... Um, it's it's cool to go out and just be able to play other teams from the league that you know are playing all all summer long as well, and and see how you stack up against them. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I you know I think it was a good weekend, and we've got even more to build on. And I you know it it was kind of hard to navigate trying to get content while like playing you know three games in a day. So that was a little bit tough, but um, it was still a really cool experience and. You know, I think we needed a little bit of break after that. So this is—it's been a minute yeah, since a we uh, recorded yeah. an episode, but I'm excited because there's just a lot of fun things coming up. Um, to kind of segue, the NLL just finally dropped their schedules, um, and we're already starting to look at what games we're going to go to this year. Um, I know we're we're trying to make it out to a few. Um, and speaking of, you know, the schedules and and the drops and and their branding and whatnot. So far, I think I like the rushes drops the the most the the most so far. Um, they I think really tried to um, you know capture that push of of like I think what they're doing with the brand change right because we haven't even talked about that right. They changed their logo. Yeah, um, and I think that's really cool. I think they're trying to really more more so integrate um and, and put roots down in saskatchewan right they're really trying to bring in things from the community to you know help represent that fan base as best as they can and i think they're doing a good job and that um you know continues to to go on with their um, schedule drop um you know being very creative using the surrounding um you know landscape and stuff like that um garrett i know you like the riptide one they were kind of using you know hot ones as a as a cool. template there yeah, that was but, pretty cool what are some thoughts now that we have the uh, the NLL schedule out? I love uh, it. Well, it's awesome. The new format is phenomenal. Um, the the mix-up of teams and everyone getting to play each other. I, I think we're going to just see uh, – we're probably going to see more rivalries formed, but I think we're also going to see existing rivalries almost mean more now because of the amount of teams being played. And, you know, it's not going to be an argument over one conference is better than the other or, you know, you never played this team, so you're not actually that strong. Like, there's going to be a real sense of who are the best teams this year, um, which I think is going to be cool. And I think it also – some of the teams that maybe were in a harder region or harder conference previously, I think we may see them excel more now. So I just – I love it uh, on the graphic side and the the schedule drops. 
some teams did it really good and some did it absolutely awful um, on the schedule drops. The hot sauce one was probably my favorite one, Garrett. I'd, I'd have to agree with you. And then to the Rush branding, um, I love it. Like if whoever hasn't watched their new kind of intro video talking about what, what it means, what the Rush mean, um, and, and kind of just connecting to their roots, like you said, Cam, it, it's awesome. Like there is a real sense of like, hey, they mean business. They're in this community. They're connected to it. Here are the roots. Here's the meaning. Like it's not just a rebrand. It's almost like a, it's almost like a whole new entity. Like you, you feel like there's something different. Like historically, the Rush and I watched a lot of Rush games growing up because they were fun. And historically, they've always been uh, very loud, a lot of rock and roll, monster trucks, and for lack of better terms, bottle service girls. Um, that's kind of been their brand in the past. Was like a giant party. Whereas now it's like, okay, let's play a little bit of, you know, homage to the heritage. Let's talk about kind of what's important, why we're rooted in the community. So it went from kind of like this loud, aggressive feeling to like, hey, we actually mean something. So I really like that rebrand. I think the logo is cool. It could have used a little bit more detail work, I think, in some elements. Um, but I really do like it. And the intro video and the hype video, kind of the rebrand video was absolutely beautiful. Um and I think they're unique. I think the rush are really unique across the NLL because, and I can relate to this, like seeing the grain mill and the, the cornfields and the hay fields. And like, they really played up the fact that they are rural, like they're in a rural community. They're in an agricultural based area. Like that's their thing. And I can relate to that. Like being in Iowa, I'm like, that's awesome. Seeing that was awesome to have a lacrosse team in a rural atmosphere. So I think they played that element up well, that they're really the only team that sits in that situation. So really cool, awesome schedule, really amazing stuff. Um, I have an NLL note for you guys as well, for those listening. Uh, so a long time ago, the NLL teams, all of them held open tryouts, right? And historically, in the past couple of years, only the Philadelphia Wings have been the team holding tryouts, um, open tryouts to the public. And they've actually signed one or two guys every open tryouts. Shout out um, our boy, uh, George Downey. Thank you, George Downey. So I also, though, I didn't catch this until today, but the Albany Firewolves also are holding open tryouts this year. Uh, they had them yesterday and they're having them Thursday in Albany. And it's like a hundred bucks walk-up fee, uh, open tryout and minicamp. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like the fact that we're seeing those come back again is really, really, really cool for the game. Now, if they really wanted to see some great talent and play it up, they would have said, hey, we're going to go to Laxni and we're going to hold the open tryouts in the Utica arena the day before the game. That would have been kind of cool. because Yeah, I was going to say to your point, it's good timing because there's going to be so much talent near that area. But I mean, if they really wanted to take advantage of it, you know, they probably could have put something together um, in Utica. But nonetheless, I mean, if you're really serious about trying out for an NLL team, you're probably going to be making that drive from Utica to Albany or vice versa. Oh, yeah. so. 100%. If I, if I would have known about it earlier, I, I would have done it just to say to do it. It's a huge opportunity. I mean, if anyone listening to this has the opportunity, and I've heard the stories of these open tryouts, you have people that can barely pass and catch, and then you have guys who are like, oh my gosh, like they're NLL studs waiting to happen. You, your, your range is so broad, but just to say you did it and have the experience, I think is a, a massively important thing. And then I'm also curious with Lax and I happening right now and the pool, I'm, I'm curious to see how much NLL presence is at this tournament. Um, and maybe how many scouts or even, you know, officials, evaluators and stuff like that are present because this is the biggest gathering of box lacrosse in North America every year. And this year there's even more of an international presence across multiple borders at this tournament. So I think the NLL will also have some sort of footprint. And I'm going to keep my eyes open. I'm going to definitely see what I can figure out. Um, 
but I think that will also have implications to NLL everything because of what's going on right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we might as well just roll right into Lax and I, right? I, I feel like we've we've covered the schedule drop. We've covered the BLL um, championship weekend. Garrett, is there anything we're missing? No, I was going to say with Lax and I, though, that's a good segue into it because we were seeing some of the teams. Um, a couple of them, what, from the NABLL, they're going to be playing here. So you got Maine Northman, um, Thousand Island Spirits. Is, is Utica Yeti, are they in that league also? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm probably missing a couple other ones, but it's like, it's, it's interesting to see, like, you have established teams in leagues and you have other sort of, not say makeshift leagues, but more homegrown and community driven teams. And yep. lot, everyone's going to be here, including the, both USA teams. Yep. Um, this is, this is, it's like, Tuck, you're right. This is huge. It's, it's just look at the schedule. It's unbelievable. This is, and so to give people kind of history of Lax and I and, you know, those obviously we've we've talked a lot about the Hebreski tournament in Prague and kind of how big that is. That's the big kind of European tournament that everyone looks forward to. Uh, Laxnai is the big American-based, North American-based tournament that means a lot, especially when it's before a World Games year for box. That's always the best year to be a part of it. Um, started in 2016, was uh, started by Lacrosse All Stars. It was their tournament. Um, it ran through. I think 2019 was the last year. Lacrosse All Stars ran the tournament, and then it kind of shifted over to Laxnai. So it was originally Laxnai, L-A-S-N-A-I for Lacrosse All Stars, shifted to Laxnai. Um, the teams have continued to expand, expand, expand. Um, I think the talent level has increased unbelievably. Um, I mean, I remember 2019 being in the Onondaga Fieldhouse, watching. I mean, the biggest stars of the game competing in the any of the top five place games that arena was packed i mean it was you were pressed against the glass wall to wall it was wow. almost a better atmosphere than a major arena because you were in a small arena in the middle of the onondaga reservation um surrounded by people who love the game and that's what makes this tournament so unique is that you're competing these spots these guys compete for and these teams compete for they mean a lot because your placement in this will affect every other tournament you play in the rest of the year so if you place high in this, you're going to end up being able to get into Hebreski with your team. So all of these tournaments are connected. You know, this circuit of tournaments are connected. If you do well here, you'll do well somewhere else. You'll get good seating somewhere else. So they mean a lot. And the teams range. I mean, like your first year, 2016, they had 12 teams and like half of them were good. Um, this year, we're up to like, I think like, what, 35 or something like that. Um, some crazy amount where they do turn teams away now. Like they're at the point now where they turn a lot of teams away. They have to see that you're going to be good and you're going to, you know, be able to compete under what they want. Um, but I think this year, kind of getting back to it, is the biggest year in my mind because the world's coming up. Um, I mean, you have the, the pool of teams playing this year is absolutely, uh, I mean, unbelievable. Like looking at this list right here, uh, Los Aztecas is a lot of the Mexican national players. Um, you got Onondaga Fire is absolutely incredibly talented. Um, you got the Grand River Ironmen, I believe, from Six Nations. You got uh, the Maine Northmen, obviously, an NABLL major presence. The Utica Yeti, who just scrimmaged Team USA, uh, they're a major presence. This is being played in their home arena. You got two Irish Heritage kind of development teams in this as well. Uh, team Portugal, Thousand Island Spirits, which is an incredible team from the NABLL. Team Poland, Team USA. Um, team U.S. Virgin Islands, uh, you got the two USA teams, you got Gold Star Tel Aviv, which Gold Star Tel Aviv is the best Israeli team that there is for box. Um, 
it is absolutely loaded. So just looking through this is incredible, but I think the bigger storyline that we're going to see develop in this is not only great play on the senior level, um, but this is the first year they're doing a U18 and a women's division as well. And the women's division actually features the Haudenosaunee National Women's Box Team, um, which I've watched some highlights the past couple of days, and they, it's incredible. Like watching women's box, Haudenosaunee box is unbelievable. So you have an awesome women's division. You have an awesome U18 division loaded with future NLL picks. And then you have the men's division, which has more current NLL players than I think I've ever seen in this tournament. Um, this, the team that I want to highlight really quick before I stop blabbing is the Rochester Bats. I believe they're the defending champions. They are unreal. Just seeing their sponsors this year, like the amount of sponsorships and crazy, um, kind of rattling off their roster. Uh, Conrad Chapman, Las Vegas Desert Dogs, uh, Jeff Geddes, I believe I'm saying your name correctly, uh, Nighthawks. Um, you got uh, Trent Boyd. Uh, who plays in major series lacrosse for Brooklyn. Um, you got, I, I mean, this this just keeps going on. Like if if we go through just their roster right now, MSL, 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 NLL, NLL, NLL. Um, I mean, all across the board is just unbelievable. And obviously, and even our boy Eric Turner, like Eric's playing with the bats as well. Um, so, I mean, it continues to go on. Jake Fox, um, every every recent name is on this roster. And so a lot of people are watching this initially thinking team USA, team USA, team USA, but I'm going to be honest with you. It, to me, what looking at these rosters, the bats almost have a better roster than team USA um, because both the team USA rosters, if you look at the roster drop, there's a lot of NLL guys, but there's also a lot of no names. Like, and I mean, yes. that's the way possible that there's a lot of newcomers on there. So the talent across that gold, that top division is going to be huge. And the coolest part about this, and we talked about this a little bit previously, any team can end up playing in the championship. Like the way this is set up, you have multiple different tiers. If you win your pool, you continue on all the way up. Like you don't just, it's not just gold teams playing gold teams. You're, you could have a team that finished 23rd last year end up matching up with Team USA and could knock them out type thing. So what this means is just, it's unbelievably awesome and, and it's super, super unique. Um, situation and an awesome arena with the Utica Nexus Center. All right, that's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> no, dude, it's uh, it was it's interesting just to hear you talk about it, um, because it it is it is going to be such a big year and it's right around the corner at this point, which is that's so 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 awesome. I'm gonna try to watch as many of these games as I can. I'm gonna be working throughout the weekend, so I'm gonna be watching on my phone in an office somewhere. Um, but I I really encourage anyone that either hasn't seen this before or you kind of want to see it find some way to watch it um it's really really cool just to see teams at this high of caliber play each other and then yeah. just to see what come what just what comes from it you see talent from across the world and this is like one place where you can truly see different talent that you don't normally see all the time they're not always on espn plus or happen to actually be on television you can actually watch this live for yourself because you know you may not be able to watch them again you may find some people that you're some teams that you like. You may find some teams you want to play on later on in your life. I encourage everybody to watch it. Yeah, yeah it looks like it's pretty easy to watch too. Um, if you just go to their website and hit webcast, it's like there's like three buttons you can press. It's like the 
here. Let me look short, sweet. Look, it's for real. Short, sweet, and simple. They're not making it hard to find. It's <laughs> not you got to jump through ten million hoops to watch the site. It's here, and it's I love that. All going to be on YouTube. Um, but if you just go to Laxnai's website, um, it's it says webcast, and it takes you straight to their page. So um, there's like event information. There's the schedule and results, and then the, the third one is webcast. So it's it's super easy to find. And um, the other thing is some of these games will also be streamed through lacrosse TV um, as a part of this. So like the every every night there's one big game and they've been putting out graphics a lot. So the opening night, which is Thursday night, uh, it's CTC Elite against the Rochester Bats. Those are two NLL loaded teams. Um, that's a 7.30 p.m. start time. And then there's other three other featured games um, that go along with that that are all going to be streamed kind of main platform. So if you keep an eye, and actually we can share, we'll we'll probably reshare all these graphics um, sure. to give you an idea. But there's every night there's going to be one big game you want to watch. Like that's the way this this whole thing should work. Yeah, if you're going to be there too, reminder: Tucker will also be there. Unfortunately, the full team won't be able to make it. I think the goal. Well, I'm curious because obviously the 2024 World Lacrosse Indoor is going to be next year, so. Do you think that will kind of replace Lax Night? I mean, because it's around the same time, right? I, w I would I would dare to assume so. Um, I, I think that's kind of the way this works is that it takes a hiatus because it is around the same time. And that's why this one's just so loaded is there's a lot of a lot of national teams preparing kind of thing. Yeah, and, and that's kind of one of the points that I was going to make earlier just based on the roster, right? You know, there's kind of two two pieces of this. One, you've got just elite players that come and, and are trying to win this tournament because it's a huge deal, right? So some of those teams that you don't typically see uh, playing, you know, on an NLL field or MSL or anything like that or, you know, playing for their country necessarily. And then kind of the opposite, it looks like, um, Tucker, you giving us the rundown. There's a lot of teams that are clearly here getting ready for that World Lacrosse um, championship that's going to happen in Utica um, in about a year from now, right? Yeah. Uh, I think we're actually yeah. le less than a year. So, um, you know, with Team Portugal, with Los Aztecas, with Team USA – um, so on and so forth, right? You've got a lot of teams that are here trying to get their first look at, you know, what we're going to be able to piece together in terms of the world championship for next year, right? So I like it. It's a good idea because, I mean, if you think about it, some – like when we were at, um, what, in San Diego, some of the teams were like, we were only able to practice with each other a couple of times. And then it's like, hey, you know, get on the field. This is like a time where you can, you can get multiple reps the entire – Higher bench can get multiple reps, not just the stars or anything. People, you can play other teams and really see how people match up against in different positions, against different players, against different play styles. This is like super duper awesome. Yeah, this is the this is the this is this whole tournament embodies how awesome box lacrosse is in the sense that the gap between you know semi-pro players like ourselves and pro players, the gap of communication is is not as big as people think it is. Um, you know, you, this is a tournament where you can rub shoulders with any of the biggest stars. Um, I mean, you're going to have retired players hanging out there. Uh, the, really, it's the whole world comes together here. The yeah. whole world comes across for box. Um, it gets together once a year. This is kind of where it happens. I mean, just looking at hotels in the area, every hotel on a 40-mile radius is booked. So, like, the the amount of box lacrosse players in this area for a weekend 
it's unbelievable, but it's not just guys like ourselves. Like it's big names. Um, I mean, it's every big name out there. And the difference between this and the world games that we went to in San Diego was there was definitely a clear barrier between yes. fans Ooh. and players, like even lower, even lower tier nations, there was a huge gap between them and the top five <laughs> in a tournament like this. There's really no special treatment. There's no gap. Everyone's in the same floor. Everyone gets the same locker room time. Everyone waits out there with their bags. Like it is, everybody is equal in this tournament competing for an equal spot, which makes it, the stakes are higher and it's so much more enjoyable. It's so much more enjoyable. Yeah. And I think that kind of wraps up what I was saying before, right? If, if you're capturing that content, if you're there playing, you know, hit up Tucker, we're definitely going to try to, to get as much as we can repost as much as we can. Cause you know, while we might not be there covering it, this is a huge event, not only for, you know, us to be able to report on, but also just for box lacrosse in general, right. Growing the sport. Um, and I think, where box lacrosse is the stage that it's on right now i think it's it's the most prominent it's ever been at least from my perspective in the u.s so you know team usa playing in this huge event i mean that right there is is really big for the growth of the game and you know specifically box across right so Man. keep us keep, keep us in mind um you know hit us up i i think that that probably about does it right anyone else have any closing thoughts before we get over to our interview with uh tate katoni here uh, talk, who are you playing for? Remind the people. Pittsburgh Kings out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, we face off the first night at 5.40 p.m. on Rink 2 against Saints Express, I believe, from Canada. And then uh, Friday, we face off um, a little later in the day against one of the Irish Heritage teams. All they right, put so. a two-point line in place for you? Uh, I have not. I have not gotten a response to my email on that yet. <laughs> if you shoot it from half half field, then you're able to. Yeah, like, like a little level up or a star in my jersey or something, you know. <laughs> if you see awesome. Tucker walk around a bunch of stickers on his helmet, you know what those are from. <laughs> Sniper. Yeah. Well, good luck, Tuck. We're excited to watch you and support you, brother. Um, and it, just to see how this all unravels. But this is really exciting, and you know, it's this is kind of like I. I feel like really, you know, the, the, like it starts the clock now for us to, you know, progress into the rest of this year with, you know, we go from this to the NLL season, right. And then we're back into summer. And then from there it's teams that are getting ready to go play at worlds. So, yeah. uh, you know, real, like a huge year for box across and it kind of starts with lax nine right now. So really excited for you. Um, let's go ahead and get over to our interview with Tate Tony. Welcome back, everybody, to the Picking Corners podcast only on the Box Lacrosse channel. Today, we have the one, the only. I say this about everybody, but this one actually is the one, the only. Very few people have had the opportunity to do what this man has done. Man Cup winner. Now, many people can say that in the world, in the, not even in the world lacrosse, in the world period. But, you know, it just happens. Having has happens to have one. No big deal. Uh, quadruple T, Tate Catoni. Now, if you look at his name, why quadruple T? Boy's got T's out the wazoo in his name, okay? Um, don't know why. Parents obviously like the letter T. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Tate, how you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me, boys. Fantastic. All right. So first question. Um, you mentioned Chipotle. Um, you working on a sponsorship for that? Or what's, what's, what's the deal up there in Canada? Uh, no, uh, we did get uh, wing for our wings uh, end of the year kind of uh, party. We, uh, we used so much um, Chipotle credit this year, I guess, on our credit card or team card. And uh, 
they everybody got an award i got uh the uh loving american citizen award uh because i didn't get paid for the first i don't know 15 weeks of the season because of uh trying to get a uh, social security number and that was a process trying to get down to the states so uh, yeah i got that award but no not working on a on a sponsorship yet all right, well, you heard it here first, folks. Chipotle hit him up because the boy loves his burrito bowls. That's right. <laughs> Cam, Tucker, anyone else? What I got that out the way. That was my pressing question. I'll have some more later on. We'll cover the man cup. We'll cover his time in Hopkins. But let's see what the boys have to say. Yeah, I want to I want to start with what it's like coming from um, a lacrosse family. And I mean that just because, obviously, you and your brother are, are um, you know, big advocates of the sport, playing at the at high levels here. Um, and now you're playing on the same team, right? Uh, the wings, and and you've got your season coming up. So what's what's it been like to to have that relationship, not only with the sport of lacrosse, but have a family member there, you know, kind of um, going on that journey with you and experiencing everything together? Yeah, I mean, everything starts kind of with Holden, right? Uh, he started playing, and then uh, you know when he was four or five, and uh, since I've been you know able to walk, I've had a lacrosse stick in my hand, and any really sport though uh, I've been playing and. Uh, but we all came back to lacrosse and uh, me and my brother have, uh, you know, love lacrosse so much and, you know, the great avenues it uh, takes you through and as well as the people you meet. And, uh, you know, that's the best part for me is, you know, my best friends in the world are all lacrosse players and from everywhere, uh, from Peterborough to Baltimore. And, uh, you know, I've loved my time and, uh, you know, being a lacrosse family, it's it's good and it's bad. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's a lot. Uh, you know, sometimes you kind of, Wish you could take some time off, but you know, it's full press. My dad loves to talk about lacrosse, what we can do better. So after every <laughs> game, he's got some, uh, so something for me and Holden to say. So, uh, you know, but it's good. And, uh, you know, our parents are so supportive and they're the real reason why me and my brother are here today and where we are at. Yeah. It's awesome to hear, obviously, um, you know, when you're, when you're coming up through youth and everything like that, your parents play a huge role, but it's cool to hear that they're still playing a big role in your lives and, and in your sport, you know, career here as you continue to play professionally and, and, you know, do that. Now, I guess they're going to be able to consolidate things, right? When he gives you the, the after game pep talk, he'll be able to do it to both of you, right? Cause you're playing on the same team now. So that's good. Um, going forward here, what are you looking forward to with, uh, the season's starting to kick off, right? We just had the um, schedule released this week. Um, you know, are there any games you've got circled on the calendar? You know, what, what does it look like as you guys start to ramp up here? Yeah, I think it's uh, super exciting. I think the playing everywhere, the, you know, every team this year is much better. Um, you know, I think that's the tough thing, playing Buffalo for us in Toronto and Rochester three times. It kind of gets old. Um, and to play new teams and going to new cities. Uh, for Circle for the cam uh, calendar, it's definitely Calgary. I grew up in Calgary. All my still have tons of friends there and all my family's there. So uh, to go back in the Saddle Dome where I grew up and uh, I was a ball boy for the Roughnecks. So to grow, you know, get back in that rink for the first time is going to be awesome and, uh, you know, super exciting. And to have the bro my brother and, you know, the roster that Paul put together this year, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty exciting to go into a season knowing that, uh, you can be a pretty special group and uh you know we you know now it's on us uh to uh you know kind of prove everybody right of the off season we've had and you know i think everybody's uh excited and ready for that yeah are you going to be uh staying in market this year um yeah so i'm going to be here for the uh until january i'm still finishing school here as a teacher and oh nice. uh, so i'm going to be doing that and then once i'm uh done uh in january i may probably move down and 
uh, enjoy some Philly uh, time. Nice. That's awesome. Tucker, what do you got for uh, Tate here, brother? I was just going to say, I mean, obviously you went, you went to Hopkins um, and then, but I kind of want to go, I want to backtrack a little bit further into um, you going to the Salisbury school in Connecticut. Uh, what kind of led to that decision? What was that process? Like, I don't feel like we, we touch enough on kind of pre-college careers with guys, but like, I think about kind of how formidable playing at a school like that can be uh, also academically, just as much so too. Um, like I grew up next to Western Reserve Academy, which has kind of shifted that way now as well. And I've seen the impact on players going into their college careers and after. What was that like for you to develop? I mean, I guess both athletically and academically and just a focus level. What was that experience like going to the school and just overall kind of what would you preach to about it? Yeah, I mean, I love my time there. Uh, it was kind of weird how I ended up there. Uh, you know, it was a weird time in recruiting back then. It was I was getting recruited as a freshman in uh, high school. And, uh, you know, I still remember there wasn't enough spots as a 2017 at Hopkins or Maryland. Those are my last two choices. So I knew I was going to have to go somewhere to post-grad uh, probably to get a full ride. And uh, so I ended up uh, taking visits to Avon and Salisbury and uh, as soon as I stepped on campus in Salisbury, it just felt different. It was, uh, it's an athletic school. I'm an athletic guy. It's, you know, it's a dream 13, uh, 300 guys. And, you know, they're all athletes like you trying to, you know, make it in their sport and, uh, get to the next level. And, you know, for our lacrosse team, I mean, it was fantastic. We had such a good team. My senior year, I think we had like 27 D1 commits, like we were loaded and, um, you know, Two of the best goalies in college across were our goalies, Logan McNanny in Maryland, and then Will Mark, who was our backup at Salisbury for Syracuse. So, and it was great. I had a great uh, coach, and Bobby Wynn, he was ph phenomenal. And, uh, you know, growing up with uh, being with all those guys 24 7, Deshante McCumber, who plays for Georgia in the NLL, like we, we were roommates, and it was just amazing. Uh, we had such a phenomenal time. And, uh, you know, and when I look back, it's uh, probably the best time of my life. It was uh, so fun. And, you know, sometimes it's not with being an all-boys school. But, uh, you know, we, we get through it together. And uh, that's a part of the process with it. And it's, uh, you know, after you leave, uh, you miss it so much. Yeah. that's uh, To take that PG year is unique. And, like, I don't think enough people understand the post-grad option. But it seems like every time I open Twitter, there's a new school starting a, a post-grad team. Like, the popularity in that model seems to continue to be growing. What would you say just generally to anyone considering a post-grad year to develop their, you know, their skills or even a roster spot? What's kind of the word of advice for guys looking at their PG year? Yeah, I, I would definitely do it. I coach uh, our U17 team here in with a lot of talented kids that are starting to get recruited. And I always tell them, go do it. Uh, you know, it's another year to develop, get stronger um, and to grow up. You know, I think you know, that's one thing. Not not every kid's ready to go to college at 17, 18 years old, right? Everybody's different. And, uh, you know, for me, I definitely needed to grow up a little bit and I uh, definitely did. And, uh, you know, I think it just uh, makes it e makes life easier once you get to college, uh, especially for Canadians. I think it's so, so important because, you know, I remember my brother, he went straight from, he was 17, he went to Hopkins and never been in like a real field across practice. And then I had two years of that at Salisbury and it definitely paid dividends. I played right away at Hopkins and, um, you know, it definitely helped me for my career. That's so cool. And you kind of touched on it at the beginning of that question, but that was going to be my next one was kind of what determined the colleges in your search. And obviously like, I know your brother may have played a role in that too, but like what, how did you narrow down your schools? And, you know, you were willing enough to get that roster spot to go to a PG year to make that work there. 
um, you know, how early did that college decision-making process begin for you and kind of what determined those top schools for you? Yeah, I think I was going into ninth grade uh, and I went for a full summer, didn't play. Uh, I didn't even play my playoffs at box across. I went straight to the, as soon as school wrapped up, basically to the United States to start doing uh, recruiting tournaments and um, three schools kind of a, were, all, were kind of emerged as my favorites. I kind of talked to other ones, but uh, never went for visits. My kind of last three were Loyola, Maryland, and Hopkins. And uh, I went for um, visits to all of them. And then I uh, had a couple of sleepovers at Loyola and Maryland, which were a uh, great time. And then, uh, you know, there was a couple guys uh, at Maryland when I was there that I played on the wings now, Isaiah Davis Allen. He was like a senior on the team. And he was my tour guide as well as Connor Kelly. And uh, you know, it's kind of weird how, you know, things come in fruition and, uh, you know, it was a great time. I love my recruiting process, honestly. Um, I think it's so much better now with the, you know, now that it can't get recruited until they're a junior. It was really, you know, it was pressing even for my family being so far away. It was like, I need to get recruited before all these spots fill up. Money's gone. So I think it's much better now. And, uh, you know, I definitely <laughs> don't want to, didn't want to do it again. Uh, it was stressful and having to wake up at, and, uh, you know, 7 a.m. Um, uh, in Calgary to call coaches that it was like 11 or 10 in uh, Eastern time. So, you know, it was uh, it was stressful, but I enjoyed it. Totally. That's a good take. You forget, you know, we don't talk on this show enough about the change in the recruiting process. But I think you're uh, I think you're a year older than me. So I think we were probably going through the same timeline where it was crazy and everyone was really young and it was just kind of the Wild West. But now, you know, it's really refined and very different and guys can kind of develop and see it later in life. But that's interesting because that definitely played a direct role. Those circumstances played a direct role into your whole journey, which is really cool. Yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely. You know, now kids can go to prep school for a year as a sophomore and get eyes on them that way and still continue the process, you know, and like in where I grew up in Calgary, there was no high school lacrosse, uh, nothing. You just played, uh, your box, um, program wherever you lived in the southeast for me and uh you know you only played for three months of the year that was it and then it was hockey season and so um yeah so it was very different but uh yeah very good same time good story I like that all the way around gentlemen what else do you got i like that that was a good answer yeah i'm gonna jump forward here just a little bit oh probably not a little bit but your time in the lakers um how many you have? I've seen one man cup. Do you? I know you guys won back to back, or actually more than back to back before COVID kind of put a stop to everything. Um, were you on those other teams, or is it just no? I wasn't. Uh, my brother was. My brother's been a part of all of the four straight. Uh, I was a part of the last one. Um, my first season would have been with the senior Lakers. Would have been I think twenty twenty two or twenty twenty, sorry. And that was season was a race with COVID. Right. And, uh yeah, so I was never apart. My first year of senior was last year. Uh and I won it. And then this year, uh losing to Six Nations in the MSL final. So those were my my first two years of senior. Okay. Um how's your experience been playing on the for this team? I mean the short time span you have, you know, are you gonna look forward to it? Do you look what's your plans for this? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's amazing. I love playing. I, I really can't see myself playing anywhere else, like doing the PLL route or anything like that. Uh, um, you know, playing in Peterborough, I think people don't really understand it. It's it's crazy. Like our building fits four 4,000 people and there's 4,000 every single night uh, to watch us play here in Peterborough. And 
the legends that we have, John Grant Sr. on our board. We have legends like Tracy Kluski, um, Bobby Keys to his nine-man cups, who's our assistant coach. Um, and then, you know, look at our lineup with last year, Mark Matthews, this year, Eli McLaughlin, uh, Sean Evans, Corey Vitarelli, all the legends that have come from the Laker organization. And, uh, you know, everybody gives back and is still, you know, rooting for us and around the program. And, you know, we still have a really good team. You know, we're getting younger here. Um, and, you know, we have some really uh, some studs coming up. So, you know, the next few years, I think we uh, can add a few more here. Yeah, that's, that's I really hope to see it because that's uh, it's definitely fun watching more of the Man Cup and more of the uh, MSL games as I watch more of them. Um, kind of getting more into it myself, but it's still it's it's a level. I say this all the time. It's a level of lacrosse that I haven't really seen before, even I mean, no offense to the NLL or other uh, organizations, but it's just like a higher it seems like a higher level. And it yeah, seems a little bit more competitive almost. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And like the best thing in Peter Rose, it's so rowdy. Like everybody wants to be at our games and, uh, you know, it's packed outside. People are tailgating. Like it's an exciting place to play. And, you know, not every team has that in our league. I think we're the only one that really makes money and draws and those things. And, uh, you know, that's really special for us. And uh, to play in a man cup here is, you know, I, I think it's crazy once you like walk close to that building in, you know, in the September time. And it's a man cup. Like it's just in the air that it feels like a lacrosse place. And, uh, you know, it's honestly lacrosse heaven uh, during man cup time here. Nice. Now with your brother being added to your team, the wings, uh, what does that look forward? What do you look forward to uh, coming to getting the practices, getting in games, um, same lines. So, uh, you guys can bounce off of each other. How's that going to work out? Do you think? Yeah, I think it's going to be really good. We played the last two years here in Peterborough together. We're both old guys and lefties, so uh, worked pretty well together. And Paul Day, who's our coach and GM in uh, Philly, is also our GM in Peterborough. So, uh, you know, it's exciting. And, uh, you know, we work really well together. It's also going to be really nice for travel. We both live together here in Peterborough. Uh, we have a house together. And uh, so that makes travel a little easier, uh, a little less hours, Uh of seeing him would be nice every once in a while. But, uh, you know, last year I liked my little individual time getting away from him. But, uh, you know, I guess that's uh, just not meant to be. You know, we're meant to be together, and, uh, you know, that's the way it is. Thanks. All right, now this one's more of a – these next two are a couple more skilled questions. Um, you're both the lefties, both the forwards. Um, who's better? Let's just put it out there. I mean, him right now. He's four years older. Uh, you know, he's got four man cups. He's, you know, an 80 point getter in the NOL multiple times. And, uh, you know, I think he, I, I still to this day, I think he's the best shooter from the outside uh, of the game right now and shoots the ball as hard as anybody. So, um, you know, I think he is right now. But, uh, you know, I think I'm just getting better and better. And, uh, you know, I expect to be one of the best uh, NLL players in a few years here. And, uh, you know, I think I can get there just with a, a couple more years of growth under. Paul Day and uh, Jeff McComb are GM and, uh, you know, great players along with Jeff, uh, Joe Rezateritz and uh, Mitch Jones is my brother and my brother. They're, you know, they're just going to get me better. So I'm looking forward to yeah. it. You guys have a good organization, especially with the people around you, around, around both of you, being just to say it. Um, it's going to be a fun time watching the wings. Um, the last question I had was, it's, it's again, it's more of a skills question. Um, you're out there on the floor. What are you looking at when you, if you're, when you decide – ball is my stick I'm going to actually just shoot and you're not you know it's not close you got some distance between you and the goal maybe a defender or two what is going through your head and what's that saying that pull it right now and aim it here yeah I think you just try to get to good spots uh you know I I like to get to the top of the floor um or to the shooting spot in the shooting funnel and 
and try to shoot the ball uh, as hard as I can, really, and, you know, put it in a good spot. And if it goes in, goes in, perfect. Uh, but, you know, most of my game is, uh, you know, seeing the floor, uh, you know, distributing the ball and getting other people open. And, uh, you know, I, you know, a lot of times get open myself open in the inside. And, you know, I think that's really where I found my niche the last couple of years. And the NLL was playing in, inside and getting the, you know, out, outside shooters open and then uh, finding ways for myself to score goals inside. Interesting. Okay. All right. Is anybody else any questions? I got about five more. I'm going to run through really quick. <laughs> I, I want to shift from lacrosse really quick, and then Gary, you can kind of wrap it up, wrap it up for us. But you mentioned being a teacher, which is something that I I didn't realize, um, you know, was part of your background. And obviously, we're the box cross channel, talk about lacrosse a lot, but it's really cool to highlight the things that guys are doing off the floor and passions that they have that don't necessarily include lacrosse. You know, we've talked to firefighters, we've talked to police officers, we've talked to real estate agents, right? We've talked to, um, pretty sure Ethan O'Connor's like. An accountant or something like that he does something something uh like econ related which is hilarious um but you know tell me a little bit about you know what you do in, in your teacher setting and and you know what that kind of means to you yeah so right now i'm still in school uh yeah like i'm i've uh you know kind of since my freshman year of college i uh i realized i wanted to be a teacher i took film and media studies as my major at hopkins nice. basically <laughs> basket weaving uh but, <laughs> underwater uh, yeah um, yeah, I've, you know, always wanted to work with kids. Uh, my mom works with children. So, uh, always been a big part of our family and, uh, uh, my mom works with special needs children. So, uh, really important for me. And, uh, you know, we've always, uh, me and my brother have always found a way to get back here in the community of Peterborough to the special needs kids. And, um, yeah, so I've always wanted to be a part of the kids and I coach the U17 team here in Peterborough, uh, with a couple of my best friends and, uh, yeah, just helping young, young, you know, young men and, uh, you know, get to where they want to be. And, uh, you know, that's the best part, seeing a kid grow. And I had so many great teachers growing up that, uh, you know, supported me uh, school-wise. I wasn't the strongest student, um, you know, and made me realize how important it was. And, uh, you know, I want to be an influence like they were on me. Yeah, that's awesome. Is that, you know, obviously it's lacrosse right now, but, you know, it's not going to be something that you can do forever, unfortunately. I mean, you yep. know, it's have a stick in your hand, right? But maybe playing in the NLL in your 50s and 60s isn't you know, something that a lot of people are able to do. Is is teaching, you know, potentially going to be a long-term thing for you and what you want to do after lacrosse? Yeah, uh, you know, my plan is to to go back to the States uh, and teach at a prep school uh, like I was at, at Salisbury. And, um, you know, that I think that's, the you know, seeing the, the life, the teachers had when when I was there and the relationship we had uh, with that I had with my teachers was phenomenal there's phenomenal people I knew their whole family their kids and uh, basically lived with us and uh, so you know I think it's a great way to you know spend my life helping others and uh, you know I, I'm excited for for that and uh, you know to coach lacrosse uh, you know I just love lacrosse so much and helping people and helping kids get to where they want to be and uh, you know that's where I see my life going. Yeah it's cool that you can you know, take being a coach and and have that translate into the classroom and vice versa, right? You know, there's a lot of parallels there. And it seems like, um, you know, it's something that's really come to fruition for you. And it's it's cool to hear what you're doing off the floor as well. So thanks for that. Um, Garrett, you want to ask a couple more of your questions and then we won't hold tape forever here. Yeah, no, no. Here, we got, we're going to do this really quick. So we have this new thing called quick sticks we've been doing. All right. Okay. We got 30 seconds. I'm going to ask you like five questions. Give them out as fast as you can. If you can do it in quick 30 seconds damn you're awesome if you can't well we'll do it again just kidding <laughs>
All right. So you ready? Yeah. Set and go. All right. So what are you looking forward to this upcoming season? Uh, getting the playoffs and winning an NL championship with this uh, good team. Easy. All right. What is your team's the secret weapon on your team? Eric Schuel scoring goals. That's a big defender that does not score, but, uh, you know, we're looking for one this year from him. All right. You got it. All right. Favorite pregame snack? Chicken parm. Chicken parm. Favorite teammate? Oh, uh, Sam LeClaire. Oh, I really it at that. And then what's the best matchup you're looking forward to this season? Playing Brad Curry. Me and him uh, do not get along, so always. <laughs> yeah. All right, oh, yeah. so we're going to be seeing some some gloves flying off on that one, or were we? Were we talking oh, about I, I don't. Uh, <laughs> definitely not. I did lead our our Laker team pelling mitts this year, but uh, no, uh, I was in a couple this summer. Uh, I do my best work with my stick in my hands, so uh, trying to stay out of that for the most part. Just trying to score score and you know be able to chirp them after. All right. Well, hey, good luck to you this season. Awesome. And we'd love it that you're doing you're you're going into teaching. So it carries a personal uh personal place in my heart. So I wish you best of luck and then you know in those in that professional endeavor in your life. So I hope that goes all the well for you. Yeah, thanks so much. Awesome. But yeah, other than that, thank you for coming on the show. Um, hope you have a great season, not only with the wings, with the Lakers, wish your brother the same. And thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of Picking Corners. <laughs>